till two in the morning, um, which is difficult for me. But every time it gets going, I love it. I love being on the radio here. It's an honor because of what WIP is, but talk radio is so much fun. Um, Xfinity Voice Line is 888-729-9494, pound 9494 on your AT&T and Verizon cell. Uh, a gentleman who will be able to tell you why you should be excited for the Sixers to be terrible in just one moment. Uh, wanted to get to Jeremiah first because he'd been on hold for a while, though. Jeremiah, you're on 94 WIP. What's up, Spike? You're really enjoying the program tonight, man. Thank you. I'm having a good time as well. I appreciate you listening. Yeah. Uh, can I just get some time to rant about the Sixers, please? Sure. All right. I love what the Sixers are doing right now, but I just I hate the roster. And some of the guys on it. If I miss any guy, please give give me the six, give me some guys on the Sixers roster. I'll tell you how I feel about. It. I hate Evan Turner. He's a bum. That geek cannot shoot the ball to save his life. His shot is worse than the average white boy playing basketball. That's how bad his jumper is. I can't. The only thing good about Evan Turner is he can rebound the ball. If that's it, I can't trust the dude when he's hey, even shooting the ball. All right, next guy. Misses. Next guy. I don't next want you to guy. spend all your time on Evan Turner. No, I know, but I have a, Spencer Hall. Yes. Every time I watch Spencer Hawes, I say to myself, I had a shot to play in the NBA. That's how bad I think of Spencer Hawes. Spencer Hawes is a waste of space. What they should do is Spencer Hawes is do what Mickey did to Rocky. Take out his locker and put everything on Skid Row. That's what they need to do to Spencer Hawes. (laughs) But Roy Allen, this guy, is he can't play. He's kind of a bench player, but he should be the last bench player. Or he should be one of the white boys on Villanova. All they do is stand up and clap. They never see no time. That's what he should be. Okay. Uh, You know, some some white guys can play. (laughs) Yeah, I know. But Ivory, Ivory, the backup point guard, he's terrible. He's not on the team anymore. He's not on the team. All right, let me go to Thad Young. I like Thad Young. I see potential at that. But Thad Young will shoot the ball when he has five guys around him. And I don't even know how the ball goes in. He'll shoot it. He'll be in the five, like five rows in the stands. He'll still shoot the ball. I don't know. He does all these weird shots. He still makes it. Jeremiah. I like that. What's up, brother? I'm, I'm going to calm you down here. Here's the, I, I hate the roster, too. But here's the good part is that the roster is all on their way out. Uh, Evan Turner only has a year left. Spencer Hawes has a year left. Kwame Brown has a year left. Um, you know, the, you don't have the only guy that has a contract. The two guys that have a contract longer than this year are just Thad Young and Jason Richardson. That's, that's it. So th- this roster is not... This roster is not the roster. There is there is a a legitimate chance that the the two guys with the longest tenure on this roster at the start of next season of 2014 are going to be Nerlens Noel and Michael Carter Williams. This is not the roster. So no, you just have to I'm, be patient. Well, I'm so ready for this roster to get turned over. But Spencer Hawes and Evan Turner. Spencer Hawes is a waste of space. He's a waste of a name on an NBA jersey. Yeah. I hate Spencer Hawes uh, with a passion. I really do. The only thing I'm loving about this season for the Sixers, floor tickets, those floor seats are going to be cheap. And I will get seats. And I'm going to trash Hall every time I get to I don't want him in a Sixers uniform. I think he's a curse to Philly. He's that Jeremiah, bad. I hate him. Jeremiah, do me a favor. I, I don't like the word hate, but what I want you to do is when you buy those floor seats to, uh, to mock Spencer Hawes, I want you to call me before you do it uh, or tweet at me or something so I know so I can make sure I'm at that game to watch you doing it, okay? Yeah, I would love to tweet Spencer Hawes, but he blocked me. Yeah. <laughs> He's already blocked me. I wonder why. The truth. All, All right, right, brother. All I right, will. see ya. <laughs>
<laughs> I wonder why. Ah, the life of an NBA player. I would never check Twitter. Ever, ever, ever. I mean, I'm not an NBA player, and I, sometimes it's scary to check Twitter. Mike Levin, LibertyBallers.com. How are you, sir? How's it going, Spike? Good to talk to you uh, a little later in the day for me. Yes. You know, something tells me that I'm not going to be able to pull any more positivity about Spencer Hawes. I, probably less hate, uh, but less hostility than the last caller. Maybe, maybe a little less hostility. I actually know a guy who's friends, friendly with Spencer, and he, uh, he, he hears what people say about him, and that made me feel a little awkward that I've said some... I've said some not-so-nice things about Spencer, and he, he's, the fact that they're real people sort of freaks me out a little bit. Yeah, you know, um, it, it is a – and I think that that's the problem with social media, and I think a lot of people forget that they're real people. Um, yeah. And, I, you know, that's, that's why it's so easy to – and honestly, from anybody that's ever met Spencer Hawes, like from like fan level, and I actually – I remember the, the, the couple of times that he, he's always very nice and very friendly, and um, you he's know – like He's just like a guy. Yeah, and he he's yeah. active on Twitter, so it's impossible that he doesn't look at his replies, you know. Yeah. Um, and I remember when uh, when Iguodala showed up at that that party I had at Chickie's once. I, I sort of like everybody. I, I sort of took mental note of everybody that was there, and nobody after that like was ever vicious on Twitter about him anymore. Because when you run into somebody, you know, yeah. it makes it a lot harder. So. Um, was talking to uh, Svi Torsky from Slam Magazine earlier, and we were talking about just how bad the Sixers uh, could be this year. We don't know the roster, but we do know that they could be, I mean, this could be one of the three worst teams in the NBA next year. Yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the plan, or what I think is the plan. Uh, I'm, I wouldn't put Sam, I wouldn't put it past Sam Inky to, to come out and all of a sudden, like, find somebody that we didn't expect him to, and actually make the Sixers into a decent team next year. I, I hope that's not the case. Um, but I think as constructed right now, the Sixers are going to be one of uh, at least bottom five, uh, depending on if they move sad, uh, maybe maybe worse. So, you know, that, that, that was one of the things I was going to ask you, is that if there ends up being – it never happens at the beginning of free agency, but toward the end of free agency, a lot of times there are – like sort of value propositions on guys, you know, guys yeah. that that didn't, they, you know, J- J- Jamal Crawford for all of his problems, like ended up being, you know, one year he'll end up being cheap, or you know, if if there's a guy, you know, let's say a 26, 27 year old guy that's available for, you know, Lou Williams actually ended up being pretty decent value last year for the Hawks. Um, if there's a guy that ends up being a three year. A twelve million dollar guy, but that might end up help you winning, help you to win some games, which is not what you do. What do you think Kinky does in that situation? I think I think he'd sign him. I think he'd uh, he'd see it as an asset, as a movable asset, uh, and and work around that. I, I don't think losing games is the biggest priority, especially since when you go into the lottery. If you, as long as you have one of the bottom six or so spots, then it's all up to luck. And I, I mean, you give yourself right. a shot, but I don't think he's going to say, okay, we can have this guy for this cheap deal. It's under market value and we can move him later. I don't think he'd say because he's going to help us win one or two more games. I'm not going to sign him. I don't think it's going to be the case. So I think, I think that that's going to happen. And there's going to be a couple one or two signings where it's like, but aren't we tanking? Like, aren't we supposed to lose games? And, and this is, it's not going to be that, that black and white. Well, and especially when, you know, your your roster in two years, 
um, is created over a couple of years. You know, it's and if you can add a piece that you think is going to be helpful for you in two years, um, then you have to do that now. You know, even if it <laughs> it's so crazy, even if it helps you now. You know, God forbid. Yeah, God forbid we get better. Do you think though? Um, you know, there was a lot of excitement. I remember I talked to you the night of the trade, the night of the draft, and we were both pretty, um, uh, pretty. What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, well, I was, I was, uh, I was peeing at the time. That I, yeah, you, so yeah. I was, the word, the, the word you're looking for for me is peeing. But very excited as well. We were both very excited about the sure. trade, and I think everybody has been. The reaction has been more positive than I thought it would. Do you think there is a bit of a disconnect between the positivity now? And the actual potential bad basketball that people are going to have to watch. <laughs> I think uh, I think people don't realize, or some people don't realize that uh, when you're tanking and you're, the opportunity for the 2014 draft is very exciting. But there's still a year before that happens. Yeah. So it's going to be for people that aren't excited to watch young players get better, but still be bad. There's going to be a, a lot of tough times this year. I mean, there's going to be times when the Sixers don't win games for 15 Weeks. in a row. It's going to be ugly. I mean, and, and if, you're, if you're not committed to that, I most certainly am. I can't wait to watch them lose. Uh, if you're not committed to that kind of torture, just really just self-flagellating torture, <laughs> you're going to be you're going to be upset. So I expect that'll change a little bit once they're, you know. 10 and 40. Uh, talking to Mike Levin of LibertyBallers.com, you guys have done an excellent job, but you always do an excellent job, but the last week has been uh, very special, a very, uh, very good uh, collection of writers you have over at LibertyBallers.com. Everybody does their, their own little thing, and I, I would like to – we do have good basketball writers here in the city, but I think the very best source for that information is uh, is LibertyBallers.com. So I um, just wanted to throw a good plug in there for you guys as well. Um you know, free agency has been – I love watching um, like watching Twitter, even though most of it is nonsense, but during the, the first day of NBA free agency. Um, you know, uh, Josh Smith is out there. Andre Iguodala is out there. Of course, Dwight Howard's out there. Is there any particular non-stick sixer storyline that you find interesting, the most interesting actually? Uh, well, I think, it's, I think we're all keeping an eye on New Orleans because uh, we get their pick if it's – uh, outside the top five, and it's definitely looking like that'll be the case. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Dwight Howard's interesting. I think, I, I think now more than ever, teams are smarter. Uh, there's, there's just less guys like Doug, Doug Collins to just think <laughs> with their gut and not consult any sort of numbers or, or rational plan at all. I think there's less of those guys now. I think the, the people that are tend to think big picture, statistically oriented, just sort of weighing all the options. I feel like there are more of those now. So you, I, it's going to be tough to find somebody. Like, there's just not that many people that will go out there and trade for Andrea Bagnani and sign Monte Ellis and sign Josh Smith, guys that are like very inefficient basketball players. Uh, there's only so many. There's only so many Knicks. Yeah, <laughs> everybody's so, trying to. Everybody's trying to find those Knicks. And it's funny you mentioned New Orleans signing. Um, you can't really sign anybody yet, but the report right. is is that the New Orleans will sign Tyreek Evans to a forty-year, forty-four million dollar offer sheet. Is that? I, I and I hate to follow up you saying that teams are smarter with something stupid, but like that seems real stupid to me. It's not great. I don't like. I, I don't like Tyreek. I don't think he's a good player. Uh, I think he's one of the guys that, yes, 
if you're play, if he's playing one on one against somebody like Darrell Wright, he's going to beat him. But in terms of a team con- team context, you want a guy that's a little more team friendly. Yeah, I don't think he's I don't I don't think he adds value to your team in the same way that someone more efficient with a slightly with a less with a lesser role would do. So Tyreek, they're, they're talking about having him in like a manage nobly sort of spot, which I don't actually mind. But if that's the case, then that's a lot of money you're paying for your sixth man. Then and you're not even sure, by the, by, by the way, that you're not even sure can fill that role. That you're just right. hoping can fill that role. It's not like he's a proven sixth man. Right. Um, but, and, but, but, but you look at a guy like, I mean, that, that's an, a very interesting team. It's the, the lineup as constructed is Drew, Eric Gordon, small forward that they haven't really gotten yet. Is that a, is uh, still there? Is that that he's, would... he, he's a free agent. Oh, okay. so I, I don't think I don't think he'll be back. because uh, you need a shooter there. You definitely need a shooter there. Right. Um and then Ryan Anderson is a stretch boy that I like a lot. And Anthony Davis. And it's you wonder who who can defend on that team. You wonder who's what sort of offense they're gonna run. Um and then Ty- Tyreek off the bench and I think they're gonna have to wave Robin Lopez or at least get rid of him so they have enough room to sign Tyreek. Uh, it, it, it seems like a team that will have maxed out its spending potential. But there's, but guys like Eric Gordon, if he's healthy, and Anthony Davis, obviously, uh, guys that could definitely get better. You're just not sure if that's enough. I, I don't know that that team, even at its like highest potential, could ever be a serious contender. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, they're... they're... Free agency offer sheet for uh, Tyreek Evans is like when you is to me is like when you get caught up in eBay bidding and you know it the second you did it you you just you just hope the other guy is as caught up as you are uh, and you know and bids like eighty six dollars in the giant Fight Club poster so you're not stuck with it for for eighty four and I feel like that's what it was like I just looked at it and I was like well you already have like Drew Holiday like I. I still believe, there are many people that say he's not you know he's not he's not a true point guard and he's sort of in the middle but uh, I think he can be mostly a point guard but here's Tyreek Evans who isn't sure if he's a point guard or a two guard and here's Eric Gordon who you're paying max money to and doesn't even like being there and it's like it just it didn't add up to me it seemed like a uh, it seemed like just a sort of a, a cluster F as they like to say uh, yeah it, it seems weird I, I would have signed Iguodala if I would that seems like a better option for them both defensively and positionally and, and across the board, really. But he, he would have cost more money, so I, I don't know. I sure who, hope he stays in in Denver and doesn't go to Detroit. Like, that Detroit thing just seems like a... Uh, well, I, lo- I, I love that Detroit thing. I love what they're doing there. They're, they're, they're starting something out. I'm excited about it. Yeah, I don't like the coach. And I, I love Mo Cheeks as a guy. I just don't think he's a good coach. And I I don't know. I, I, I'm i not I'm not sure about Detroit. I, 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 know. Part. I was talking about the... I love Andre Drummond and Greg Monroe. I love, I love that. Yeah. Where do you think? Just gun to your head. I'm asking everybody this. Where do you think Dwight Howard ends up? Oh man. Well, I'm in LA, so I'd say he comes back to LA uh, because I think that I think they can offer more money. I, I feel like it'll, he'll just be like, I'm not gonna. If you if the options are Southern California and Dallas, I think he's gonna choose Southern California. Yeah. I, I'd love to see him go to Houston because I mean, God God bless Dallas more. Uh, and I think Dallas will be certainly a lot of fun, also. But uh, I, th- I think I'll stay in LA. Um, talk to Michael Levin of uh, LibertyBallers.com. dot uh, The coach thing. 
Uh, I was doubting this at the beginning, but it does seem you know Michael Curry is going to be the summer league coach. It does seem more and more possible, at least, that Michael Curry ends up coaching the team. Um, a, do you think that's possible? And B, would you be all right with it? I certainly think it's possible uh, because he. Yeah, I mean, he, he's the number one option objectively right now in terms of just who's most likely because he's there. Um, I don't think that. It's going to happen. I, I think he's still just taking his time. Uh, it's just not a priority right now. Team building is, team building and head coaching, thankfully, are so are far apart. They're not the same thing. So he can build a team and then get the coach after the fact. Uh, I hope it's some it's some other assistant who runs a, a, a fun offense that you can sort of run with. Uh, Michael Curry doesn't seem to me like he has that many. And you don't know this with assistants. You can never really tell who's good and who's not because they're just sort of at the will of the head coach. Um, but he, seem, he seems like it's sort of more of a, a, a stale offense. And he's, he's a hell of a defensive mind, and as was Collins. Um, but I, I sort of want all remnants of the Doug Collins era to be <laughs> completely discarded yeah. and thrown out the window. And that's sort of just Michael Curry is collateral damage in my mind. So sorry, Mike. Good luck elsewhere if it's up to me. Um, hearing from the, the people I've asked, I'm hearing mixed things on the, uh, the Thaddeus Young front. Um, is he maybe young enough and cost, you know, he's not cheap, but he's not super expensive. D- is there a possible that Hinky just looks at him and says, you know, I'm, I'm not going to force getting him out of here. I'm okay with him if he's here. Uh, no. You don't think no, so? He's he's, I think he's gone. Uh, he might not find the deal this offseason that he loves. Uh, it might happen during the season. It might happen even next season. Um, but in the same way that it was, didn't make sense to keep Drew, while both Drew and Thad were on fair contracts, uh, it doesn't make sense to keep Thad of that kind of money um, where you are just aren't going to win anything when he's around. Uh, he's a really high-character guy, and I just he's been here. He's, is he the longest-tenured fixer? I think he is. Yeah. Um, and he's been a great guy. Everybody likes that. And I, you love the way he plays. You wish he had any sort of jump shot. Um, but he's gotten better. He's like definitely gotten better over the years, and, and I respect the hell out of that. But he's an asset, and if the Sixers can get something from I, – I, I keep going back to Oklahoma City because I, I think they have, they have exactly what you want, which is young players, Jeremy Lamb, Perry Jones, and picks. Uh, so if it's a, a first-round next year, even if it's – you know, a late first because they're Oklahoma City, so they're going to be late. But that idea was like expiring contract, young player, pick. And uh, in terms of what you want more, even if the pick doesn't turn out to be anything, it's, it's just it's a cheaper value-added piece for for Sam to work with. And, and Sad right now just doesn't have a place uh, on this team. And I want him to, just like I want Drew to succeed elsewhere, I really love Sad to go to, uh, go to Oklahoma City and just kick ass and just do really really great stuff over there because he's he'd be so useful um mike levin com. follow him on twitter at michael underscore levin l-e-v-i-n and uh check out all the great stuff at uh, libertyballers.com uh i appreciate it sir and uh i will talk to you wednesday morning as we uh we launch podcast uh, episode number two um 
but we don't have a name for it. So there's, it's really not even worth talking about yet. Not even close. <laughs> we'll, we'll have a name by tomorrow. Um, <laughs> thanks as always, Mike. I appreciate it. Always good to talk to you, Spike. All Take right. Care. See ya. Uh, oftentimes, I'll look up on the board and I'll see a phone call and it will excite me. The comments is Hawes fan. You will hear me talk to an actual Spencer Hawes fan next on 94 WIP. Mark Farzetta with your WIP 2020 sports update. Despite winning just one out of four. I do thank the Sixers for one thing. Giving me uh, the opportunity to talk about basketball in July. I'm Spike Eskin. uh, Big Daddy Graham coming up at two. But. There is time for you to talk to me until then. Uh, <laughs> say that like it's a, a prize. Uh, Xfinity voice line is 888-729-9494, pound 9494 on your AT&T and Verizon cell. Man, I thought I had that thing over here that I needed to read, but I don't have it. Um, so Brian is on the phone, and we'll talk to him in a moment. Uh, and he is a Spencer Hawes fan. Um, and I hope he's an actual fan and not just playing the role. Uh, because I, again, this is nothing personal against Spencer Hawes. But the way he plays basketball makes me want to take uh, a hot knife and, and put it through each of my eyes. Um, it, I love that sport. I love basketball. I have a basketball tattooed on my arm. Uh, but it makes me want to cut the basketball tattoo off of my arm um, and, and burn it. It makes me never want to see a basketball again. So um, I I do respect the fact that you're checking in, Brian. Um, hey, how you doing? Uh, I'm good, man. How are you? Uh, well, I'm trying to bring what steam I can into this conversation. Okay. I'm actually <laughs> on YouTube looking up at Spencer Hall's mix. Uh, oh, wow. You know, seeing all these, uh, it's a very short one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a few highlights. But nonetheless, that man can shoot the ball. Uh any Larry Bird fan would respect Spencer Hall's game, uh, but but re- now realistically, now when when I've seen maybe three or four times, and this I can reflect on my own high school career, when when Spence got absolutely furious and he starts blocking shots and using his seven foot frame and attacking the boards, he can, he can be an asset to a team. It's just not consistent enough. Yeah. It's like you need somebody to like. Like how they get a, a matador gets a bull upset. I think they need to do that to Spence before he comes out in the court. Yeah, uh, but I, I think the most frustrating players, the players that make you the most angry, aren't the ones that are just bad. Because the ones that are just bad are, are bad. Like, what what can you do if you're not that good? But the problem with Spencer Hawes is that clearly he understands and knows how to play basketball. He's just, and I hate throwing this, um, it, this is a really subjective term that gets thrown around too much. But, like, Spencer Hawes is soft, man. And Spencer Hawes doesn't like he's not a good defender and that's fine and he's sort of slow afoot and that's fine too but he right. he doesn't he he's he, he doesn't like um any sort of physical play and for you to be 7 feet tall and and sort of slow and and you know he has a nice looking shot and he, he does hit that sort of long two point jumper which is not a a great shot to be taking anyway but he do, he sort of can hit that shot I, and i guess there is a role for him somewhere in the nba but i i don't think it's playing you know 25 30 35 minutes and i um you know he's an extra piece i guess it's, yeah it's i mean it's just uh, i i'd always envisioned him as becoming like a vladi divas sort of uh without the flopping hopefully but 
you know, the passing, he does have relatively good vision. Yeah. Um, but I guess that's about it with that. But, um, um, yeah, I just, it seems like most of his highlights are actually him getting hit in the back or front of the head. So uh, <laughs> I, can't, I don't have a whole lot there. And then he'll respond, and then, like, uh, what is his name? Chandler from the Knicks would come over and, like, get in his face, and then he'd back off. Yeah. But, uh, but anyway, uh, hey, I, actually, one quick question then, too, about the Sixers. Uh, I was just wondering, with this protected pick, and, and forgive me if someone understands this, and I just don't. No, it's uh, the, these are, are sort of are complicated. So which, which protected pick do you speak of? Well, uh, certainly with the big trade with Noel. Now, if the Pelicans are, uh, let's say, Drew somehow just can't manage to get the Pelicans uh, flying, mm-hmm. and they uh, terrible pun, but uh, that they, you know, they're they're. Um, I, I'm not totally sure, but I can tell you what I believe to be true at this point. What I believe to be, and it's different for every pick. So um, I'll, I'll take you back one step, and then we'll come to this pick. Like just to explain it, it how it can be different for the the pick. Okay, so last year the Sixers traded. Um, for Miami's uh, first round pick, they traded a, fu- a future first round pick for Miami's first round pick, which ended up being Arnett Moultrie. So that pick um, that the Sixers owe the Heat um, is lottery protected. Uh, this was lottery protected this year. So if it was in the top 14, then the, the Sixers still get it. It's lottery protected next year. So if it's in the top 14, the Sixers get it. And then if it do- if they don't, if the Heat don't get it ne- this year or next year, then it becomes two second round picks so it's it's different for every pick they can set that sort of those sort of parameters for every pick so what i believe to be true for the sixers pick with new orleans is that it is top five protected next year um but then the following if so if new orleans is top five next year they will get the pick but i believe there are no protections on it that year after that so um you know if it was the number one pick the following year they would get that and if i i know that there are um several uh six fans and uh, if there are any writers listening to correct me on that I'm, I'd be glad if you could call up and correct me but I believe it is top five protected next year and then after that it is not protected at all okay okay that makes much more sense than than, than them just not receiving a pick okay, okay. yeah I mean yeah, that's really a make or break on with this whole whole trade. Yeah, well, I mean, look, the um, here's here's the good thing. The optimal situation, of course, is that the Sixers themselves have a top three pick next year, and that New Orleans has a six pick, and you know, and you get the two and the six. But sure. remember that this team is on sort of a, a three to five year plan. So if they wind up with a top three pick in 2015. Well, that's great too. You know, like so. So if it, it, the good thing is, is that they're not really under a. You know, they're not going to contend for the next year or two. So if they end up getting New Orleans' pick in 2015, and that ends up being a good pick, well, then that's fine too. You know, that's not the end of the world either. So I agree. Okay, you just said, right. just so that Evan Turner's little brother or something doesn't become the only option. Yeah, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, I appreciate the call, Brian. Thank you, Thanks, man. You have the great work. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. There are. Um, there are two particular Spencer Hawes videos on the internet that I do enjoy watching, um, and again, nothing personal on Spencer Hawes. Zero personal. Zero. Uh, might be a very good guy. Um, the one Spencer Hawes video that is amu- both amusing and infuriating to me is Spencer Hawes uh, doing the Dougie. Um, I think because he does it pretty well, and I've never figured out how to do it. It's a dance. Uh, Spencer Hawes has figured it out.
Um, the other thing, and there are very few people that seem to remember this, but I remember it very clearly. But I think it's because it was a time in Sixers, uh, Sixers land the last couple of years that nobody was paying attention. The Sixers were playing the Miami Heat. Down underneath the basket, LeBron James became very frustrated with Spencer Hawes and pushed him out of the way. Afterwards, LeBron James said three words at Spencer Hawes, calling him something uh, that were that started with the letters B A N. Um, it was particularly funny because he was calling, he was saying this to Spencer Hawes. I can't say what the words are. But it was – maybe if you're creative, you could find out in your head – well, I'll tell you, Adam, during the commercial break. There must be video of it somewhere or uh, an internet mention of it somewhere. Twitter all noticed it at the same time that, that LeBron James just called Spencer Hawes this. It is one of the funniest moments I've ever seen watching basketball. I said – did LeBron really say? And there was a YouTube video of it on the top. You could read LeBron's mouth. He certainly called uh, Spencer Hawes this name, and that is my other Spencer Hawes video moment. If someone could bring that to me on YouTube and tweet it at me or something, that would be uh, you'd be my winner. I'd find I have an old "Show You Love" T-shirt in the back of my trunk that I've never given away, not used. I will send you that Sixers T-shirt. Um, part of Sixers history. They finished a game under 500 that year. It was awesome. Uh, Xfinity Voice Line is 888-729-9494, pound 9494 on your AT&T and Verizon cell. One more segment of the Spike Eskin program before Big Daddy Graham comes in. If you wanted to get your Sixers or uh, Ruben Amaro or Chase Utley point in, Paul is next, but there is room for you as well. Um, I am Spike Eskin, 94 WIP. Sports time is 135. Flyers decided to move on from Ilya Brzezgalov's humongous contract. I work very hard every game, every day, every practice. Result is not as was expected. Paul Holmgren doesn't think it was a mistake. Tuesday with rain, high of 84. For up-to-the-minute sports info 24 hours a day, go to cbsphilly.com. Sports Radio 94, WIP. Where Philadelphia sports happen. This is Philadelphia's sports leader. Sports Radio 94, WIP. Big Daddy Graham coming up at 2. I'm Spike Eskin with you until then. Xfinity voice line is 888-729-9494. Pound 9494 on your AT&T and Verizon cell. I'll tell you, man, the radio is awesome and Twitter is awesome. And sometimes the combination of the radio and Twitter is even more awesome. I asked for that video of LeBron calling Spencer Hawes uh, a name that you wouldn't expect. It's funny that I couldn't say on the radio. And... <laughs> Like 15 people now have sent me the video on Twitter that I couldn't find myself. Thank you all. Uh, Brandon Lee from uh, from uh, SB Nation sent it to me first. But it's on my Twitter now, uh, at Spike Eskin. You can see the um, LeBron and Spencer Hawes video. And sort of toward the end of the video, right around like the 30-second mark, you can see LeBron call him the name. It is just one of the most fantastic <laughs> videos. Um I can't even imagine being Spencer Hawes at that moment. Uh, Charlie Manuel Show returns on Tuesday. Not today, but the following Tuesday um, from noon to one. 
at Ponzio's Diner, Bakery, and Bar. Love Ponzio's, Route 70 in Cherry Hill. Uh, morning team will be there from 5.30 until 10. And I believe um, Howard Eskin is filling in for Angelo that Tuesday. So um, who knows if there will be a... Of course, Charlie owes Howard a beating. Um, so who knows if their paths will cross. So that is at Ponzio's Tuesday. And uh, morning team will be there from 5.30 until 10. And then Michael Barkin and Ike Reese from 10 until 1. And the Charlie Manuel Show with Mike and Ike from noon until 1. Ponzio's, the diner that specializes in dinner. Um, Paul, you're on 94 WIP. Hey, Spike. How you doing? First time calling you. Uh, I appreciate that. Thank you for the call, Paul. Yeah, first time I uh, I heard you on the radio, I actually didn't know who you were, and uh, I'm listening to your dad, you know, and argue with somebody, and then, of course your dad's argued with many people over the many years, and I finally figured out, oh my God, he's arguing with his own son. So that was, that was actually pretty cool. It's pretty funny. It yeah, pretty, it's very entertaining too. It's really, it really neat. Yeah, well, I'll uh, tell the the two things that are interesting about it is first. Um, like, it's neat for me to be able to argue with him on the radio. Like, I, I understand how lucky I am to get that, um, to get that opportunity. But the other thing is that, like, if everyone thinks they've heard him argue a lot, I've heard him argue more. So I, I, f- I feel like I know his tricks better than anybody does. If there's one person, he'll probably win the argument, uh, 50 out of 100 times, but I, I will win the other 50. So. Yeah, that's cool. It must be fun at Thanksgiving dinner for sure. Yes, but, um, yeah. Yeah, fun is, a good, fun is a good word for it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's funny. I just want to talk about the Sixers real quick. Um, can clarify a few things. Uh, they're definitely going to be under the salary cap, correct, with, with, without signing, re-signing Bynum? Um, yeah, I mean, they'll be, I think uh, it depends, um, you know, uh, the the thing with Bynum is that there's a cap hold now because they could do a sign and trade with him. Okay. Um, so, but yeah, they'll, they'll be I think about sixteen, fifteen uh, million under the cap. It, it's I could be off by a million or two, but right around there. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, I agree with what they're doing. I mean, I think in the NBA you have to go down to the bottom, um, make good, hopefully good draft decisions and whatever, and then build yourself back up. I, you know, staying around eleventh and twelfth lottery pick every year to me is foolish. So I, I, I kind of agree with what they're doing. And, uh, I mean, I'm just hoping that if they have cap space, they don't want them signing somebody who's um, being above average or around an average player four or five years, and then you're kind of like taking up that space when two years from now you might be able to use that cap space to a better person. So yeah. I'm hoping that's what the guess the, the thought is. Yeah, I just, I can't imagine, uh, like everything about, look, nothing is impossible. And I was one, when they, when they hired Hinky, and I, I did my homework on Hinky, I was one of the, the few, I think, um, that, and there were, there were some other, um, you know, blogger type people. The Liberty Ballers guys were all very much in favor of it, but there were a lot of people that were very, uh, suspect of the Hinky hire, but everything about it told me that, look, he could do everything right. And it still doesn't work because that's how basketball is. But everything told me that he was going to make very smart moves, that he gets it. So every I could be wrong, and he could screw, screw this up, but every part of me says that Sam Hankey is not going to go waste money 
on a player that's going to be here for a while that isn't worth that money. I just I don't believe that he is going to go spend twelve million dollars a year on Josh Smith or or eleven right. million dollars a year on Al Jefferson to make them like a, an eight seed. I just that's not you don't trade away. if he was going to do that then there would have been no need to trade away Drew Holiday. You right. know, like it just doesn't yeah. it it wouldn't have made any. Why would you trade away Holiday then? Then you know what I mean. So I just right. I'm not. Um, I'm not. I'm not buying that. Yeah, just real quick. You know, like on sports, not even just baseball, sports in general. Did, is there, um, like, their, their um, how would you say, their profit and loss? Is that public record? Like, you know, like some teams? Is that, is that out? Is that made public? Uh, sports profit and loss. Yeah. You know, Forbes yeah. Forbes does something every. I don't know how much of it is. See, the problem is, is that um, you know. A lot of a lot of times, profit. What profit and loss doesn't take into account is uh, like the, the 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 team appreciates in value. Right. So so a lot of times that even if the team loses, like let's say they're in the red by three million, um, and, but the, the value of the franchise goes up by seventy million, it doesn't really account for that. But for, if you Google it, Forbes does something every year on uh, on profits of uh, of NBA teams. So, yeah. but the problem is is that these are these are some of the smartest um, the, the people who own these teams are some of the smartest teams in the world. So the league does a thing where they'll say, like, hey, you know, 26 of our teams actually, you know, when when they're negotiating a collective bargaining agreement, they'll go, hey, look, 26 of our teams just lost lost money. And they can creatively, you know, make it look like that many teams lost money if they want to. So um, I think it is public, but actually figuring out what the team makes or doesn't make is a little okay. more difficult. Yeah. Yes, I'm okay. Thank you. I'm sorry about that spike. No, no, no. All good. I pulled over from it. Yeah. See, I, th- I think it's difficult yeah. to figure out exactly what they make or don't make. So. Yeah. No, I'm just curious when people say they like the Phillies, oh, they have to put uh, people in the seats or whatever. That's a long-term investment. They made so much money over the last few years. If they, if they start selling players and they're bad for a year or so, they're going to come right back on top. And it's not like the owners are going to be like uh, in the poorhouse or anything. So, I mean, it just makes me laugh when people say that. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. Um, so. Well, I appreciate the call, Paul. Yeah, thanks, Mike. Nice talking to you. Thank you, man. Um, yeah, you know, actually, finding what's interesting about the the Sixers purchase and and what the money they look. There's no way that that team in it. The, the Sixers have not made money. Uh, they didn't. There's no way they made money last year. There's no way they made money. At least the the profit of the team itself, the actual business of the Sixers. Um, since Josh Harris and crew bought the Sixers, there's no way they actually made money. But they and it, it's sort of tough to figure out what the value of the franchise is because they bought the team at 250 million whatever it was and um and the kings the sacramento kings just got sold for what 575 million the difference is is that the sixers don't own the wells fargo center and when a lot of these teams get sold the building deal is part of it and the sixers are sort of tied into that building deal with uh comcast spectacor so it's it's sort of difficult to find out what that team's actually worth DJ in San Diego, really? Uh, you're on 94 WIP. How you doing, Spike? I'm great. How are you? Good, man. Good. Um, thanks for having me on. I, uh, I actually interned with your dad about 16, 17 years ago and uh, taught me a lot, man. Good dude. 
Yeah, you know what? He uh, he has always been really helpful. Anytime, like a college student or uh, somebody getting in the business, because I think he was given, and I try to do the same thing, actually, because he was given so much good advice and leadership by people when he was that age. I think he's always tried to do the same thing and, and give opportunities to people like that. Absolutely. He knows the stuff inside and out. It was amazing to see, you know, the Sixers run. It was when they were in the finals, and he would grab certain guys and just get the inside scoop. The guy, uh he just knew, he knew so much, and he had a lot of connections. I got a lot of respect for your dad. I actually ran into him in the, at the uh, Dawkins return game uh, with my wife and uh, talked to him a little bit. But, um, yeah, just I wanted to uh, to, uh, to um, thank you for having me on. And, and you sound, I, I don't want to knock your dad, but you sound better than him on the radio. Yeah, <laughs> well, well, I mean, you know, um, I, 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 should, I should be so lucky to have one hundredth of the uh, of the career and success he's had. But I will certainly take your compliment and bring it up to him next time he makes me mad. Absolutely, man. So I just wanted to talk a little Sixers real quick. Um, and, uh, you know, I, uh, I, not to stick up for Spencer Halls because I do think he's soft. Um, I, think, uh, I think, you know, he's a, he's a good 8, 9, 10 guy maybe off the bench. I feel terrible for Dougie Collins. I think he got a raw deal. And I think that whole team last year was soft. Yeah, I don't know if you remember, but when he got into that fight, got into the tussle, not one guy was up in the middle of that, you know. And and again, I'm not I'm not saying he's not soft, but uh, the whole team I, I think was soft. I think you know there's got to be guys that come to his rescue, and uh, and that team really let Dougie Collins go. I, you know, I, I think uh, they really took a couple years off his life. They didn't support him the way they should have, and it's a, it's a, it's a damn shame in my mind. Well, you, uh, I'm, I, I, I'm sorry for this because you just paid me such a compliment, but I, I think <laughs> I couldn't disagree with you more in the Doug Collins sense. I, I, um, You know, it, it's hard because I was such a big fan of his for the first couple of years, and then you start to hear things from... It's, it's a weird thing having the job that I have because you start to hear things from inside, and, and I, I think the problem with Doug, and, and this was the problem with him 20 years ago, 10 years ago, and, you know, I think he thought that as he got older, um, he would, he would, that he had outgrown this, but I don't think he could, is that he gets obsessed, and it, it's great to say that you're obsessed and you work hard and so on and so forth, but it affects him in a negative way, and I think it affected the way that he treated some of the players, and I think it, um, it affected the way that he handled the job, and I think it affected affected uh, his ego, and I think it, he was unwilling to accept. Um, I think he was unwilling to accept uh, advice and uh, and and help from other people, and I think the way that he treated some of the players, uh, not just to their face, I and mean, he was usually fine to their face. It was behind their back. Uh, he was he was not how you would imagine he was. So. Um, you know, and and just and actually, just on a coaching level, you know, there is a a certain amount of of get off their ass than you need to have to be a successful coach in any sport. You can't be at a hundred all the time, and he never learned that. And he eventually, at every place he was, he eventually pushed everyone away, and I, that's yeah. what he did here. So, uh, uh, yeah, I can appreciate that, man. You see it on a different level, you know, and uh, that's something I didn't see. Maybe I was just, you know. Reminiscent about the days when he played, and yeah, know. he was a great player. And I think overall, you know, as a person, he's probably a good guy. But it was time yeah. for him to go. All right, TJ, yeah. I got to run, buddy. All right, 
I appreciate it. Spike, look me up if you're ever out in San Diego. Will do. All right, buddy. Thanks. Right. Thanks, Ed. Hello, I'm Big Daddy Graham. Is my mic on? Yeah. I'm talking? I'm yeah. Not, there we go. Now I'm hearing myself a little bit better. Doug Collins did not get a royal deal. I, I, no. That was the expression he used to start off his yeah. phone call with. Did not get a royal deal. And for the record, unfortunately, I'm older than you. He's not a great player with the Sixers. Would have been. Yeah, if he didn't get hurt. Yeah. He's got like four years. Yeah. And in my book... Four years, you know, and no championship. You know, some guys get a championship and you really look at what they did and you go, wow, geez, he's only had three good years here. Uh, but that's, that's this thing that he was the legendary player. I, I he has I, created a, you know, it's not really the way it was. He has created a, a, he's actually created for himself for a while here. He created himself like a, people had the aura that he was some kind of fantastic like NBA coach that he had this storied history where he's he had no history. No, no he, he failed every, you know, he had this, it was the same, the same story everywhere he was. He turned the team around by getting them to play defense, eventually annoyed everyone and got pushed out everywhere. It's the same thing everywhere. So. Now, having said that, yes, I think if he would have got into it as soon as he got hurt, he might have been a great college coach. Yeah, 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 but it, that's not what... I, who yeah, knows? I'm yeah. just a guess on my part, but that whole rah-rah teaching, I'm so proud of these guys kind of thing, it works better, you know, with young kids, you well, know? and once you drive them nuts, after three years, they're gone. They're gone anyway. Yeah, so... And in the case of today, they're going after one year. One year, yeah, or, so... Or, or, or two years, so... I, I just, you know... When I would hear people talk about the legendary player that he was, he it might he he would have been, uh, absolutely would have been had he not gotten hurt. I mean, it, it, man could shoot, and uh, but please, no. He know. ran through his shoes, Big Daddy. Don't you remember he said that? <laughs> ran through his shoes. Uh, one of the first calls I, I had a whole lot of your show tonight because I just drove up uh, from Seattle. Uh, and one of the first uh, things I heard you talk about was the return of Andy Reid. Now, you're right in what you said about what a big uh, whoop de do It's going to be here. But not for me. I, I, really? Not, Are you sure not? not? You're just saying that out of spite? Absolutely not. He's boring, boring, boring. He's not going to play. He's not going to catch a touchdown. He's not going to make a tackle. He's just going to stand on the sideline like his boring self. Uh, <laughs> I, I I never liked him. Don't like him now. Yeah. Uh, I You know, if I meet him in the afterlife, I'll just walk right by him. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I want to see uh, that. But uh, the name that at least... Eagle-wise, and you probably ended up mentioning him. You just didn't mention him in that call, and then you went to break, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but the the return of T.O. was the most insane. Uh, I, at that time, used to, uh, it was sponsored. My job was to walk throughout the Eagles parking lot and find the oh, most yeah. interesting tailgate parties. Tailgate team, yeah. I yeah, did. And, uh, and I did the return of T.O. game. And it was just phenomenal. It, 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 McNabb was something and all that, but nothing like T.O. And he was only here, what, what 17 year and a half. Games, you know, yeah. Not even, yeah. right? Yeah. Not even. And it just caused the biggest fuss ever. And remember, he's coming back with the Cowboys, Cowboys. on top of it. it. The parking lot was insane. I remember the winner. 
Tio had, had like, if you remember, gotten some trouble with some pills. He took too many pills, or oh, some people yeah, actually yeah. told him it was a suicide. Yeah, they attempt. couldn't. Yeah, that was the report that he had tried to kill himself. Correct. Right? Yeah. And then all kind of rumors swung up around that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there, there were there was this one tailgate team that had a giant cutout of To, like life size, mm-hmm. you know, and. Uh, they kind of made his mouth even bigger, you know, with a knife or whatever. And they invented a game where you would throw vials of pills through <sighs> into the mouth. Right? <laughs> it was, oh, it's it was so awful. Yeah, yeah. It was the whole parking lot that day was completely insane, like I had never seen it. And of all the returns. Uh, of people back here, it and again, like you just said, not you know, not even a year and a half. Yeah. You know, how did that happen? Well, you know? but even his I, and the thing, the reason I think I don't remember that is I think I was in, I don't think I was here. I was one of the two years I think I was living in Chicago when he came back. So I never just, even knew you lived in Chicago. I love yep, Chicago, the greatest city in the I, it, country. It's, it's, it's just phenomenal. It's it, just, it, it's unbelievable. It's uh, for a city to be able to make up for how horrible it is in the winter. It must be fantastic, and it's fantastic. It is just the food, the music, the art, the people, the like everything. The, the cleanliness. About it. yeah. it's, it's an amazingly clean town. And I know yeah. it's got its rough side and all that. Uh, my When I think of Chicago, I think of one visual. Uh, I'm upstairs at Wrigley Park, you know, upper level. Mm-hmm. And in one visual, I'm looking at. The L going by, and I'm a sucker for L's. I, I just, I used to love Yankee Stadium watching the L go by. You know, why are you watching a bowl game? There's nothing, so, nothing more city, city than an yep. L, you know? Yeah. But you're watching a game played on grass, watching the L go by, and sailboats on the lake. You yep. can see from the. <coughs> Excuse me, from the very same seat. Yep. It, it's like a it's like a beach. Like on on the lake, when you walk by, it's like a real beach. It seems like you're next to the ocean. Um it is yeah, it's an unbelievable city. It, but it really is phenomenal. There is a thing about TO where I, I think Mike and I were talking about it one day, like you know, you almost want to say Tio's like an all time, like you remember him as an eagle. We do because it was so. Well, it was they just went to Super Bowl and it was he had so a phenomenal impactful. game. And yeah. I remember being at that first home game where they, you know, where everybody's singing the Tio, 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 Tio. Like it was, it was like a, it was like a one hit wonder, but the biggest hit ever. Uh, you know? We got to get off. 